Hi again everyone and welcome to Missing Bits. Today I have the great pleasure to introduce Sharon Smart. Sharon is a 54 years young lady from Surrey Hills in Melbourne, a blow knee amputee and a peer support volunteer with Limps for Life. Sharon is married and lives in organised chaos with four kids all still living at home. Welcome aboard Sharon. Thank you. Thank you very much Gary. When are those freeloaders leaving home? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them I've given them their marching orders. Said I wonder about this year, so hopefully they they do move out. <laughs> so describe organised chaos. I uh, just uh, working full time and sort of running after four four big boys. They're like six foot seven, six two, six foot. So but these big you know boys romping around the house and just everything's in chaos. They just leave stuff where they feel and anyway. So yeah. I'm looking forward to some of them moving out and getting a bit of, um, you know, normality back into my life. Yeah, for sure. But but I suppose as they get older, they are sort of, you know, home less frequently, which is good. Yep. Do you think, you, do you think you'll miss them when they do eventually go? Oh, yeah. Like I miss my 18-year-old my who just finished VCE I haven't seen him much since he finished VCE. And I keep saying, when are you coming home? We miss you. So, um, yeah, so I do sort of miss them when they leave. And um, one of them moved out for a while and then came back. And I, um, yeah, but after a couple of months, I thought, yeah, it's time for you to go again. (laughs) (laughs) I've got got to say, when my two boys left home, um, I did miss them a lot um, until my older son started coming home and coming home and coming home. And, and it was getting a bit silly. Yeah. Yeah, I think people with younger kids kind of can't understand that. That when they get to a certain age, they they need to move on. They, they need do. to look after themselves instead of thinking that we're still there to look after them all the time. Yeah. Where did, where did you grow up? I grew up in um, the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, out at Ringwood. Nice. Yeah. I was driving through it's there good. the other day on my way to Hillsville. Yeah, it's changed a lot. Yeah. I sort of, you know, when I go back, I think, wow, but my old school's still there, still going strong. And cool. yeah, and some some of my friends are still in the area. So yep. it's good. So there was, there was you, um, mum, dad, sisters, brothers? I've got uh, one sister and three brothers. Right. So, yeah, five. Five of us. That's a reasonably big family. Yeah, reasonably big family. And um, my parents are really good, took us on holidays with the, you know, the um, seven of us in the car and the trailer on the back. And it was was really good. So I I didn't feel that we kind of missed out having so many of us, but that was great. And you went to school around Ringwood? Yeah, so I went to um, Ringwood High School. Yep. And, uh, a primary school was – I went to two primary schools, one Eastwood, and then um, a primary school opened up at the end of my street. So for grade six, I had to go there. Very handy. But, yeah, Ring, but Ringwood High, I was very happy with my education through there. Good. So, yeah, no, it was what, good. What sort of student were you? Um, well, I was pretty nerdy, actually. <laughs> um <laughs> So uh, I did. I did find year twelve though very challenging because my family moved to Tasmania. So okay. at the end of year eleven, my mum and dad come to me and said, "Oh, we're moving to Tasmania next year." Wow! 
Um, and so they all moved and I stayed behind with my older brother. Right. Um, and he he was a fitter and turner. He was working at the time. Um, so, yes, so that was a very challenging year, having to look after my brother, do the washing, cleaning. I had a part-time job at Woolies and trying to study. That was pretty hard. That's but, a big effort. But, yeah, no, but it was good. And I was glad that I didn't move. I didn't want to move with them. Yeah. Um, being going to year 12. But, yeah, I had really good friends that sort of supported me. And, yeah, no, it was good. And very happy when I got my um, driver's license, so on my 18th birthday, because then I didn't have to take my grandfather with me when I went everywhere <laughs> as a learner driver. So, you know, I went to the, I'd go to the shopping centre where I worked, the Woolies where I worked, and, you know, my grandfather would be chatting everyone, and I'd be like, oh, let's get the shopping done. <laughs> so, um, yeah, very pleased when I could just do it on my own. Fair enough. What did you want to do yeah. when you left school? Uh, I did accountancy. Yep. So, um, and now I work in the taxation area um, yep. as accounting, but went and worked for a chartered firm. And uh, yeah, did that and then went and worked out in industry in different um, roles. And yeah, now I do um, tax work for a, a car manufacturing company. So, that's really good, and I do customs and shipping as well, which is something I took on a couple of years ago when manufacturing closed, and so I'm really enjoying having the um, a mixture of roles. So, because you know, tax can be very dry, and that's probably a lot of people would realise. So, yeah, um, customs shipping is quite interesting. Yeah, so customs shipping, like, there's always something going on. Like, there's strikes at the wharf the moment in Sydney and there's, you know, there might be, um, we have stink bugs on some of our ships and they can't come to port and, um, you know, there might be some storm or something that's affected our our, um, shipment. So it's a bit more interesting that there's, you know, different things going on. Sure. Yeah. So where did you meet your husband? Uh, When I started work, my first job... Um, used to be Arthur Young, Chicago Manston Young, chartered firm. So um, he was four years my senior. Yep. yep. And yeah, we met there. And then I, I was actually doing a sandwich year in my course where you go do two years of study and then go and work and then go back to school. Okay. So okay. I met him in that sandwich year and then I went back to school the next year. Um, and then by the time I'd gone back and worked there, when I finished, he'd actually moved on to another um, right. company, which was good because it's kind of a bit tricky, both working the same division, et cetera. So, yeah, yeah. My, my wife and I met at work, and it was a little bit tricky to start with. Yeah. Yeah, you sort of, yeah, it's a bit tricky. I've got one staff member at the moment who's going out with someone too, and I'm not sure how she finds it, but, yeah, I think it's... I think it's easier if you don't work in the same place. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's probably easier. Um, my wife um, got pregnant not long after we started going out and um, had to go on maternity leave. Um, so we weren't actually <laughs> together every day. Oh, that's good. Which was good. Yeah. Uh, and then the kids came along. Then the kids came along, yeah. So... I've got four boys. Uh, the oldest is 25, and then I've got 23-year-old, and then uh, 18 and 16. Nice. Yeah, so that was good. And, um, 
Yeah, they keep me pretty busy. They're very active, so they do life saving um, okay. and they and lifeguarding. And one of them does the Westpac helicopter um, yep. rescues as well. Nice. So and they like their sports, so they all do um, football and they've done basketball and. Uh, rugby and so yeah, lots of sport, which is which is good. So your weekends some, sound pretty busy. They are pretty busy. <laughs> um, yeah, especially in winter with footy, and we have Saturday sports for school as well, compulsory sport, and then some of them play footy Saturday and some play Sunday. So wow. yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty full on, but but really good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that when my kids were younger. Um, the sport on the weekend, my youngest son played hockey on Friday night um, and my oldest son was playing football on Sundays and it was a weekend of sport and it was just fun. It was fun. Yeah, it is fun. So I've only got one still at school, which means I've only got one compulsory Saturday sport. Sure. But um, the olders, older boys have gone on to play at the, you know, the... Um, they, they go to St Kevin's and the yep. St Kevin's have an old boys um, teams, they do. A lot of teams. So they've moved on to there, and uh, one of my sons has moved from there to Bentley. So he plays ruck for Bentley. So oh nice, yeah. So it's it's good, but you can't get to every game every weekend. It's just impossible. So you sort of got to pick, pick pick which ones you're going to. Yeah, I was I was kind of happy when my two kids picked different sports because it meant different days. Yeah, which is good. Um, and then and you know, and so so many years of being out late Friday night because all, all junior hockey is on a Friday night in, in Australia. Um, and, yeah. Um, and being at the footy all day sa- Sunday and some nights and, and Sundays were pretty damn cold um, and you you sit there and you think, why am I even here? And then one day they stop and you think, oh, wait a minute, I missed that. Because you've got the social aspect as well with the other yeah. um, parents, and yeah, and I, I was pretty heavily involved in in their team. So I was the um, team manager of the hockey team. I was team manager of the the footy team, and on the committees, and and so all that kind of just stopped. Yeah, I know. But there's always something else you can get involved in. Yep. I I did scouts treasury for twelve years. Well, yes. all my boys did scouts, so yeah, and I've done kinder committees and yeah, I was yeah, president so. of a kindergarten committee. That was a fun year. Yes, yeah, it is fun. There was there was a lot of wine drunk. <laughs> One committee we were um, when I had the first two boys, we actually did the payroll as well. They oh, sort wow. of. Um, we have to ring, we'd have to ring through the hours or whatever to the payroll company. Yep. And so my I was treasurer. My husband did the payroll, and I remember one year we're up at um, the Sea World on holidays, and there's my husband with his binder out on the table, his phone <laughs> to his ear, trying to say, "I've got you know this person worked these hours or whatever <laughs> to get the payroll done." <laughs> so he, he was very happy to move on from that role. Yeah, and then I think they just all outsource it now, so yeah. it's much easier. Well, they, they were, they were mm. fun days, and I kind of but, think it'd be fun to do it all again. And then I think, oh, maybe not. No, move on to something else. Yeah, yeah. My, like my, I, yeah. I want to learn a language, and I want to go to yoga, and you know, take up golf. I want to do different things now. 
I can highly recommend golf as something to swear about. Okay. It's um, it's a very frustrating game. It looks like it should be easy, and it's just not. No. Oh well. As long as I do it just socially, and people aren't too serious. Yeah, I refuse to pe- I refuse to play with people who don't like a laugh. Yeah. If they take it too seriously, I, I tend to lose interest. Um, the the beauty the beauty though of golf is that all amputees can play golf. That's right. So even if well, even if your um, mobility level is really low, there are carts to take you to the to your ball, and all you've got to climb out. All you've got to do is climb out, line up the ball, hit it, and get back in the cart. Yeah. No, it's, it's good. And I, I did have lessons a few years ago, but I haven't really played since I've had the lessons. So yeah. um, maybe when I finish up work, I'll, I'll do that a bit more. Fair enough. So tell, tell me about melanoma. Uh, yeah, so I was I had a lump removed off my leg um, when I was probably in my late um, early 20s, yep. maybe, late teens, early 20s. But at the time, they didn't test it or anything. They just cut it out, stitched it up, and I went on my merry way. And it wasn't until I was older and I had had two kids that I felt this lump, like, hardening on, on the same spot. Sure. So I went to the doctor um, a few times about it, um, and he's just saying, oh, it's scar tissue or whatever. And in the end, I said, look, scar tissue doesn't take 10 years to sort of, you know, develop. I said, I want it biopsied. And then they found out it was melanoma. So then I had, um, I had, um, oh, he cut out as much as he could, but he couldn't get it all because it had gone down onto the bone. And uh, so then I went to another melanoma clinic that said that they could do um, what they call a flap off my groin and put it on my leg, take off the top layer of the bone and, and then, you know, get it all. Yep. So we we gave that a go um, and we thought it was all good, but it, it actually came back sure. um, around the surround. So then I did um, went to Sydney and did some limb infusion chemo. That didn't work and then had radiation and that didn't work. So uh, then I ended up having my leg amputated. Um, so it was probably... So I was diagnosed... Um, when my second son, my, my third son was one, not quite one, and then thought I'd got rid of it, had another child, and then when he was two and a half, I got it amputated. So I had a while, of, you know, going back, trying different things, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so I had a below-knee amputation, and then I had, a, I had some comeback in my stump again, and I had that removed, and I haven't had any again in my stump, but I have now had it in my arm. So it's okay. it's moved into my arm, and so I've had three lots of surgery on that, and that it just because it just kept coming back. And now I've just finished twelve months of um, a limb, infu- limb infusion, or not limb infusion, um, immunotherapy, yep. two drugs, a drug trial through the Peter Max. So uh, that. Um, was like having infusion every two weeks uh, for a year, um, and so far so good. So okay. so far can't you know haven't found it again. So I have three monthly scans now for um, five years to see right. if it comes back. So stubborn little bugger. So yeah, but it's pretty amazing what they can do now. Like that wouldn't have been you know that wouldn't have been around 
when I first started, there was nothing like that around. So, um, but now there's a lot of different drugs. So if this one doesn't work and it does come back, there are other options for trying other drugs, which is great. Yeah, that is great. And um, yeah, so I'm really, really happy with that treatment. And I wasn't, I was, I wasn't, I got sick at the start of having this treatment. So I got um, hepatitis because it infect can infect your affect your liver or your kidneys and thyroid and some people get diabetes. So there's a lot of sort of side effects. Yeah. But I was quite lucky. I only had my liver impacted at the start and then once they treated that, I was, I, you know, I was okay and I could finish the whole year, which is really good because at the start I thought, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this because my body's not going to like it. But, yeah, no, so I got through it, which was good. So now I'm smiling and happy because <laughs> <laughs> always good to know. Yeah, no, it was great. How, how long after the amputation did it take you to get back to work? Um, I probably probably about a year before I went back to work. Yep. Um, so I had actually left my job because with all the um, treatments and stuff like that, and I was just working horrendous hours and um, they didn't kind of replace me when I was off sick. So I left that um, company. And so I was kind of went and did a few courses and things that I thought I might be interested in. And um, I was kind of thinking, oh, I should get back to work now. But I had still like, I had a two and a half year old at home. And um, I had two at kinder, one at kinder, one at home, two at school. So I thought, oh, okay, have a little break. But um, then a friend of mine said, I really need some help. Can you come and um, help me out? So I went to um, to, to help her for three months and ended up staying, um, been there 12 years now. So oh, Nice. Yeah. So um, that was sort of how I got back in the book. Yeah, just a temporary job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they've been really supportive. They were really good. Like with the with the um, immunotherapy treatment I've had, uh, I just, I went every fortnight. I worked what I could at the hospital and then, you know, was like, I just made up the hours or whatever. They've been really, really supportive. And, yeah. you know, if I want to work from home or whatever, they're just, you know, very accommodating, which is fantastic. That, that's a big chunk out of your time too, every two weeks having to have that done. Yeah, yeah. And then the scans and everything in between and, you know, the doctor's visits, it just, yeah, just all adds up. So, yeah. No, they're days. very, very good. Must be days when you're just over it. Yeah, yeah, no. But um, but then you see other people who are in there every day, and you think, oh, I only have to come once a fortnight. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to look far sometimes to find out find someone worse off than you. Yeah, exactly. How was how was um, support going through all that? Oh yeah, really good. You know, my husband is fantastic. So. Um, you know, he sort of took over a lot of the cooking and, you know, he makes the boys' lunches and gets them ready for school when they had, you know, more at school. So um, having his support's been really good because the drugs tend to do make you a bit um, not depressed, but you're not as happy as you are when you don't have those drugs. So, um, you know, you're not, I probably wasn't the best person to live with going through that drug trial either. So... If I didn't have that home support as well, um, yeah, it would have been very difficult, I think. So, 
Yeah, he's been fantastic. Sounds like a good man. He is a good man. Um, is, when did you find out about Limbs for Life? Um, when I was in rehab, and they actually started then. So um, it was actually launched um, while I was in rehab. Nice. So, yeah, so um, that is, that's when I heard about it. Um, so I was a part of their first little launch. I got my, you know, 10 seconds on TV. <laughs> 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 so, uh, no, it was good. And, yeah, so I've been a... Um, Involved a little bit from then on, and I really enjoy going and visiting people in hospital and yeah. seeing, you know, helping them on their journey as well. So I really enjoy that. I'm trying. I'm trying to think back. Um, I was at the launch of Limbs for Life. It was at um, a place in Kuyong, from memory. Well, the, this. Um, was that uh, Royal Talbot? Yeah. Yeah, where they did all the photographs and stuff for the yeah. news, you know, the news thing. So yeah, there, there was a there was a couple of the the really official one was at at Kuyong somewhere. Kuyong, yeah. And, um, yeah, I was at that one. Okay. So, so how tell, long ago since you lost your? Uh, my you... my amputation was done in 1968. Wow. So I was five years old, Gee. and I had a um, a SIME amputation done, which is um, amputation through the ankle joint um, due to a birth defect. So my foot was pretty actually actually pretty mangled. Right. So it um, it had um, it had three toes. It was rotated medially seventy five degrees, so it was basically pointing at my other foot, um, and. You've got quite a number of very small, fine bones in your foot, and mine were all fused into one bone. So it was pretty right. much pretty much useless. The the calcaneum bone, which is the the bone that forms your ankle, the bottom part, um, was malformed as well. So I didn't really have an ankle. So it was um, it was amputated through the ankle joint when I was five. And my first my first leg I got when I was. Uh, just over six, and it was made of wood. Yeah. <laughs> They've come a long way since We've then. come a long way sure. since then, and there was no rehab. But as a kid, you're pretty resilient, aren't you? You yeah. just sort of get up and, and get going. I admire kids, how yeah, they I, can just, you know. I, I admire... Um, the adults going through this even more. Um, kids are very resilient, and having been one myself and gone through it, you tend to take it for granted that things, you know, you, there are going to be things that you can do and there are things you can't do, and you just get on with it. Um, and you bounce back from everything. Okay, I admire the adults that go through it because they spend most of their lives without this and have to learn everything all over again. It's a different way of walking. It's a different way of living. And I, I really admire that. I don't know that I could do it yeah. as an adult. Yeah. When you when you first get it, well, I know when I first got my um, prosthetic, I just thought, I'm never going to be able to walk on this. Like, it feels so foreign. How yeah. am I going to ever do this? And now you just forget you've got it on. Like, yeah. it's, you just think, wow, you know, from where I started to where I am now, you think, no, it's just amazing that you just yeah. forget. I, I consider my prosthetic limb a part of my body, so 
Um, when I get up in the morning, it goes on and it doesn't come off again until I go to bed. Um, yeah. And, and I don't know if you've ever tried to go to bed with it on, but it's bloody uncomfortable. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I know. As soon as I fall asleep on the couch, I'll be good to wake up and I've had my leg in a really awkward position. Yeah. It's, really it's been digging into me. Mm. I've, tried, I've tried to explain it to people by saying it's like wearing a pair of knee-high boots to bed. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. But I know a couple of times I've forgotten to put mine back on. And, yep. um, like, when I was – I had a um, – gone to see a skin specialist and they'd taken something off my back and I was so tired. It was when I was going through the, the um, immunotherapy drug trial. So I was really, really tired and he says, oh, you can get up now and get dressed. And so I got up and I put my rubber sock bit on and then I stood on the step thing, the two steps to to go off the table and I didn't have my leg on. And I just stepped off this, this like two foot off the ground. I just stepped off. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't believe I did it, but I, like, I broke my thumb and oh, no. I, I landed really badly. Oh, no. And, and I just, That's funny I and terrible. I just couldn't believe that you, that after all this time, I just walked off it without thinking. I, I thought I'd put my leg on. So, <laughs> so I could I've still do that. I've only ever done and it that, once. Oh, I've done I've it in the early days. Very, 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 very drunk, and it'll never happen again, believe me. <laughs> you reckon? Oh, yeah. I know <laughs> it won't happen. <laughs> I did it like earlier on, like when I first got it done. But I, but I couldn't believe that after all this time, I'd do this at that again. I've I've had times when I, I haven't clicked it in properly, and I've gone to walk and it's come off. Yeah. Or one time I had my water leg on, and I was walking down the beach with the kids, and it came apart in the, oh, where the, the top bit joins to the you know the pole. Yeah. It, I went. I walked forward and. There was nothing there. <laughs> I just went. My leg was behind me. It had come apart. And I ended up on the road. But um, so I had, to, I had to send the kids back. Please go back and get my other leg. At least you had a spare. Yeah, at least I had the other one. But well, yeah, when, I couldn't believe that. But when I was a kid, um, doing things like playing sport and stuff, I broke a number of legs. And and in those days, we didn't have spares. So you have to wait till another one gets made. Yep. Yeah, gee. You're off your feet until then. Um, I, I was I lucky, know, I know. I was lucky so, in some ways because my stump has my heel pad on the bottom, so I could actually walk on it. Oh, okay. Well, I, I've um, I've had a few times when I've had to be back in my wheelchair, um, and yeah, I don't really like it for extended periods of time. And um, one time when I had to have the surgery on my stump. I went back to work after, you know, I know, was it, was it then? Or anyway, it was sometime I had, to, I had to take my leg off and I've gone into work the next week with my um, in my wheelchair and obviously no leg on because I couldn't wear it. And and people thought, what happened on the weekend? Like, what have you done to yourself? Oh, really? Because they didn't realise they didn't realize I was an amputee. <laughs> so it's like, who's coming out to me? What happened, Sharon? <laughs> it was quite funny. <laughs> I'm going, it's okay. It happened years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You must walk really well. Oh, sometimes. 
So tell me, tell me about traveling. It seems to be one of the things you really enjoy. Yeah, I, I like traveling. I wish I had more money to do more traveling, but oh, um, yeah. So I've um, yeah, I I did a lot of traveling when I was younger, and then was sort of done some more traveling over the last few years when I can leave the kids behind and go away with my husband and friends. So. Um, been to some places where I hadn't been before, like Cambodia, Vietnam, Myanmar. I went to um, like to Sabah, to, Bo- to Borneo. Right. Um, so that that's been really interesting, um, and has its own challenges when you're an amputee because your leg keeps slipping off in the in the heat. Right. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it was really really interesting. Um, and got to do some, like, you know, climbing up temples and um, that sort of thing and sort of climb, out and climb up them is one thing, but trying to get down off some of them was a bit challenging. Sure. Uh, so because they're quite steep and some of them don't have any rails or anything, um, a few of them I've had to come down on my backside so I could ah. get off them. But, um, yeah, no, it's been, it was, it was um, very interesting and really good. And... Um, um, I don't think there's one particular place that I liked more than any other place, but no, they're all really good, really interesting. So I was planning a few trips this year um, overseas, but one of them got cancelled last night. Oh, wow. um, so, um, but um, I'm hoping to go to New York because I've never been there this yep. year. So, which would be which would be great. So, do you like travelling? I love travelling. Um, we don't often get a chance to do a lot, but when we do, we 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 really go at it. Like um, I was I was just actually looking at um, my Facebook memories this morning, and um, a year ago today, I was on a plane from Dubai to Melbourne after leaving the UK, and I can't believe that's a whole oh. year. Yeah. So did you travel around the UK? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, my wife's uh, a ten-pound pom. Um, so okay. um, a lot of her family is still there. So we were, um, we were staying with her cousin in Cambridge and then, um, we were there for Christmas and new year and then they all went back to work. So we took off traveling and went back to Cambridge on weekends to catch up with family when they weren't working. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was a well, great I, I worked. I worked in Bristol for a while yeah. when I, in my younger days and um, did a bit of, like, travelling around Europe then. And, um, I, yeah, I really liked it. And I'd, on the weekends, I'd, I'd, you know, when I finished work, I'd go either fly to, like, Ireland for the weekend or catch a train up to Scotland or go to London. And, yeah, so I really loved it. Yeah, how, and how I've only been that? back... I know, it's fantastic. I mean, and, and Europe and everywhere is so close. Yep. We're here, we're so far from everywhere. So, yep. you know, I'm just amazing. To, and trying to explain to someone yeah. how isolated and how big we are because um, just just going to England, we flew um, from Melbourne to Singapore and then Dubai, um, had a stopover and then went to Heathrow from there. But five hours into our flight, we were still in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> you fly anywhere in Europe for five hours and you're you're out over the sea somewhere. I know. So they they Yeah, I know. They, they, don't, know, they don't know how lucky they are. are. No. 
So it, was a, it was a fun trip. We got to see a bit of Paris. Um, we caught the, the tube across. Um, we um, went down to south of England to Bath and, and um, Salisbury, or Salisbury, I'm told it is, not Salisbury. So I'll be in trouble again. Um, and then all the way down the coast of Bournemouth and Brighton, and then it was great. It was a great trip. Yeah. I loved it. Okay. Was it cold? You said you it went was this freezing. time of the year? It was freezing cold. Yeah. That, that was part of, I work, part of the charm. I work this time of the year, so I know I know how what it was like. I start, I arrived uh, New Year's Day when I when I went over, and I, my first impression was how bleak it was going in on the on the train from the um, airport because we you know all the trees have no leaves, and you know here we've got green all year round, and it's yeah. like, wow, it's pretty bleak. Yeah, it's but, but I had a. Yeah, but I had a fantastic time, and you just rug up, and yeah, it's all good. The, the hard part yeah. for me to accept was that, um, you know, you get up in the morning, it'd be minus one, and, and that's okay, you know. Even in Melbourne, we have winter days when it's zero degrees, and and that's fine. Um, but at four in the afternoon, it was one. <laughs> yeah. And at, le- at least here on a day like that, the sun's probably out, and we get up to 15. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I know. And the, the darkness the darkness did my head in. Um, you know, it was a wonderful trip, but the sun going down at four thirty in the afternoon just sent me silly. Yeah. But that's okay. Right. It was a fun trip. Yeah. Really I think I think that about I think that about um Brisbane though. Like I can't believe that they they don't have daylight savings so that in summer it gets dark so early. Yeah. I've spoken to a few Queenslanders anyway. about that, and they're very precious about their no, no, no daylight savings. But I don't know why. Oh well. Anyway, it's the same in Perth. choice to yeah, sun up at four thirty in the morning. Yep. Yeah, right. I've got I've got um, a son in Perth. He lives there with his wife and um, my my grandson. And um, we were we were last year we were in Perth four times to go over and see them for various reasons, um, and the, it's a very different it's very different because the the sun is up early and it's it's just why can't you have daylight savings please just put it in. <laughs> I know. Tell me about ziplining anyway. in Tasmania. Oh, um, so when the we, one year we took the boys over on the um, boat to Tassie, and we did the zip lining in um, out of Launceston, and I'm, I don't like heights, but I was willing to give it a go. Um, and the boys, the two younger boys, I don't, can't remember how old they were. Maybe they were five and seven or something like that. Anyway, they were too young to go on their own, so they had to go with someone else. So one of them went with my husband, and the other one would not go with me because <laughs> I was such a skinny. So he went with his older brother. Right. Anyway, um, so the first one, I was a bit wary of jumping off and like, am I going to do it? Am I not going to do it? And anyway, I did it, but I nearly lost my leg because when I landed the other end, I, got, I sort of caught it and went behind me, and I nearly, nearly fell off into the, you know, down the growth flow, so anyway, managed to to get it before it fell off. But um, but it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I cool. thought it was really good. That By the it. end, it was you know. That was at the gorge. Sorry? Um, no, it's not the gorge. It's at a um, it's at a zip lining. You know, it's a special 
area. No, it's not not at the gorge. The gorge has the the um the cable car thing, the that's chair right, that the goes across. Thing. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah, it has I've actually seen yeah. that. I've never. I'm I'm absolutely terrified of heights, and I, I wouldn't go on it. But I've seen it. Oh, okay. Well, I, I I thought like with the zip lining, I was pretty scared too. But once I got to the end, like once I was you know did a couple of them, I was okay. And the chairlift, it doesn't. Yeah, the zip lining. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. It's good fun. You should do it. No chance. Not a chance. The enough. other thing. <laughs> the other thing I. The other thing I did, like, um, I'm very claustrophobic, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's from all the scans and different things, so I'm not very good at scans. And um, one year we went to um, Hamilton Island and I thought oh, it would be nice to go and do the little aeroplane over to see that heart-shaped coral that, you know, you see in pictures and that. Yep. But you can only see it by going on a plane because it's not, you can't, you know, catch a boat to it like a long way. Yeah. So, so I booked this um, flight in this plane, but it was really small, and we weren't in the seats behind the driver. We were in the tail, so we were squished on this. wasn't even a chair. It was like two poles with a bit of canvas across it, and that's wow. where we had to sit because there were some Japanese tourists and their interpreter had to sit in the middle. So we got chest to the back. And I said, I don't know if I can do this. I'm really, really claustrophobic. I don't I don't think I can do this. And anyway, so on he said, Look, you know, we'll go up and if you can't do it, we'll come down. Well I don't think he had any intention to come back down. But luckily on my side there was a little hole in the in the window, like they'd put this round thing in it and so I had a bit of air blowing on me. But okay. Yeah, it was it was pretty squeezy. So yeah, I, but I managed to do it. And got back okay. Wow. But, yeah, I don't know if I'd do that again though. If if I was sitting in the middle, I think I would have been all right. But sitting in the squishy tail bit, not really good. Yep. Anyway, but it was great to see. It was really good. That's a great yeah. story. There's not many people around that can say, "Oh, I flew in a plane to have a look at something, but I had to sit in the tail." Yeah, sit in the tail bit. Yeah. Anyway. But it was nice. Have you have you been up there on to um, Hamilton Island? No, I haven't. No, um, uh, the only the only we, island I've been up to, to is um, Green Island. Oh, okay. Because they've got this next beach called New Haven. It's like the next island, and that's where the because it was a sea boat. So the sea boat imply, um, comes down and lands on the water there. And you you know have champagne lunch. It was so it was really really nice. But yeah, the sitting in the tail of the plane wasn't that nice. But <laughs> the overall thing was good. What about what about your legs sliding off in the snow? <laughs> yeah, so one year we um, I went with the, my aunt. Decided to take the boys to the snow, the younger two. And I thought, oh, look, I'll come up for the trip and I'll just do, you know, have a massage and a relax, read my book, you know, while they're, they're having their their um, their ski lessons and stuff and I'll meet them at the end. So I went off and had, you know, this massage treatment. It was really beautiful and went and had a hot chocolate after and then went to meet them. But um, when I was walking in the snow, my leg just completely slid off because of all the oils and stuff they'd put on me. So, And I, at first I didn't realise what was happening. I thought, what's happening? Because I just kept going down and down. And then this leg just slid off. So, And no one stopped to help me. No one said, are you okay? Or, you know. 
So, but it's very difficult to get it back on when you've got like a ski outfit on to try yeah, and right. get your leg to get your leg back on. I sort of had to hold it on till I could sort of get somewhere that I could strip off. But yeah, so now now I make sure if I have treatment, I say don't don't massage that bit down there. Yeah, I don't want any oil on that bit. No way. So. But um, it was really good. But I, I actually thought I wouldn't mind doing a bit of skiing. But I, I don't know. I have heard that you can do a, like a donut thing when you with that you can sort of do um, ski. What's it called? The snowboarding. Yeah. And they put these big donuts around you to help you balance, like okay. on, on your one leg. But I haven't tried it. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't been back to the snow to be honest. Too many other things to do. If anyone's if but, anyone's listening who can tell us anything about skiing, please get in contact because I'll pass that information on straight away. Yeah, that'd be good. So, what's next yeah. for Sharon? Um, well, not a lot for the next few years. Just yeah, getting my um my life together. And um, so I bought a book called Getting Your S Together. Right. Getting, getting a, and um, and so, you know, trying to get myself organised and then I would like to do more travelling in Australia. Yep. So my, my ideal would be when I retire to get a caravan and do some travelling around Australia. I'll see you on the um, road. And my husband's not so keen, though, so I've got to convince him because he doesn't think he could stand being with me in the car and... <laughs> 24 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks I'm too much of a backseat driver. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he just thinks it, it's. Not, I said I'll be more relaxed then. Don't worry, I'll be. You know, I won't have the school. I won't have work. All the stress will be gone. I'll be much better. And then you know. So I'm still convincing him of that. But, Fair enough. Yeah, that would be my my ideal retirement would be to do a bit of traveling yep yeah i'll probably pass you on the road because apparently okay. that's that's what my wife has planned a caravan and lots of touring around i mean we've got such a beautiful country so yeah i want to see a bit more of it but i've gone two years of high school um with my youngest and yeah i'll see i haven't decided when i'm going to retire you, my husband you... wants to retire tomorrow but i told him he can't <laughs> I think we'd all retire tomorrow if we could. But he wants to stay home with the dog because he had a um, he was between jobs and he stayed home for I don't know five or six months and he got too used to it. Now I think yeah. that that's what he wants to do. I said no, sorry. <laughs> a, few, a few years ago, we were up on the Sunshine Coast and we were driving from um, Noosa to um, Malulaba. Yeah. Yeah, and whatever, however you say it. And um, me, me being me, I was telling stupid jokes in the car um, while we were travelling along, and we got back to the, our hotel, and um, I looked on Facebook, and my wife had posted while we were driving. She said, um, please help. He's telling dad jokes in the car, and I'm locked in. I can't get out. <laughs> so I think I think we have a lot of... Um, of working out to do on our car trips too because if I tell dad jokes all the time she's just going to leap out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> but that's the fun of, of journeying together you sort of you know adapt to what suits you best 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So before we finish up, I've been asking people um, for, for little words of wisdom or something that helps you get through any dark times, um, something that you have as a motto or some advice that you give to, can give to people. Because part of, part of our audience um, is, um, like me, ancient amputees, and some are brand new and some are about to go through it, and some of them even aren't amputees at all. I, I know there are people out there that um, listen who aren't even amputees that just want to learn about our, our lives. So is there anything you can share? Um, I don't know. I, I just think um, whatever whatever you're going through, there's, there's going to be life at the end of the tunnel. So, you know, you might have a bad day today, but tomorrow might be completely different. So I just kind of think... Um, yeah, just don't get too bogged down in sort of how bad it is now and um, because it's going to get better. So that's what I just just think. When I'm going through all my treatments and everything, I just think, oh, well, I'm gonna, I've got to do this now and then I'll be on the next next journey. Sure. And then well, if something happens again, you just take that in your stride and move on to the next thing. I think that's very wise. Well, good luck with the rest of the treatments. How long have you got to go? You got um, what every three oh, no, months for five years? I, I, oh yeah, just the scans now, not treatment, yeah. just scans. So good luck with that. I hope it goes well. Yeah, thank you. So thanks everyone for being back here, listening and supporting us, and thanks so much, Sharon, for sharing your story. Thanks for being so open and honest. I have really not enjoyed a- chatting with you. If you enjoy our podcast, then don't forget to download, rate and review. It really does help a lot. Join us on our dedicated Facebook page to join in the conversation as well if you want. You can share your story by reaching out just like Sharon did. I would love to share everyone's story and show the world what remarkable people we are. Thank you so much, Sharon, and have a great night. Thank you. Thank you very much, Gary. Great pleasure.